Momentum, helping men succeed in life. Hello and welcome to another instalment of Momentum with Tim and Des, the show that's telling men stories and helping men to be all they can be. And today on the show, we're talking to someone who's felt the highs and lows of life. Pastor Danny Glucklemucci is well known in the Australian church. He founded Edge Church in Adelaide and helped get youth alive off the ground in South Australia. He's also had his fair share of struggles in life, including the very public mental health battle of his son Mike and the tragic death of his eldest son Chris. We start out by asking Danny about migrating to Australia at the age of four and his days growing up in the conservative Italian family in South Australia. I'm a... uh third-generation Christian leader. Uh, My grandfather pioneered a Christian church in the south of Italy um, after the Second World War. So after the war, there was a a move of God, what we would call uh, an evangelical move that came to town with missionaries that came to visit the villages of southern Italy. And many people came to faith. And my grandfather was the first in the village of about 1,500 people, uh, a village called Ponte, which means bridge, in uh, Benevento, which is good wind, in, uh, in southern Italy. And um, uh, to cut a long story short, as a result of his conversion and many others in the village, uh, that village ended up sending missionaries out throughout the world in a small village uh, probably 12 or 13 major missionaries went out. One of my relatives went to South America and started a move that now there's churches all over South America, Brazil, Uruguay, by this obedience of one person uh, that went there. And my dad later joined this man after the Second World War in um, Montevideo, Uruguay. And, uh, and so I was born there in 1956. And at the age of four, my parents migrated to Australia because they felt the call to come and start an ethnic church community in in South Australia where a lot of our relatives had already migrated. And so at the age of four, we arrived in Australia. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home, but it was a very uh, rules and regulations, this legalistic religious culture that was very restricting and confusing for a young guy growing up in this church world that today I would call churchianity rather than Christianity. It was very, very church rules, but no connecting with God. And even though I was raised in that kind of world, um, I always had a God consciousness, but at the age of 11, in a prayer meeting at my dad's church, I had an encounter. I just felt God invade my life with a sense of knowing that he was real and from that day, something came alive inside of me of a God knowledge. I began to know from that day God is real. I could sense his direction in my life. And so from the age of 11, I've had a walk with God with challenges as a teenager, as you would understand growing up, going to school, not wanting to feel left out. I was the best dirty joke teller in school because I didn't want my non-Christian friends to think I wasn't cool. And, uh, and I learned to live these sort of two lives for a while. Yeah. But at the age of about 17, I started to have more encounters with God. And uh, then by the time I got to my early 20s, I became a youth leader in the local church I was in. 
And then from there, um, I went into full-time ministry as a divine call came on my life, many scriptures to back it up, and I just felt I couldn't walk away from it. I was a menswear salesman. I used to work in the menswear trade, yeah, and uh, there for 12 years. And then the distinct call to ministry came in 1983. Went to college, miracle after miracle of God's provision while we were living by faith. I was married by then. And then in 1984, uh, um, went into full-time ministry as a youth pastor. A couple of years later, we started the Youth Alive movement, which is still around today. Wow. And I, I was one of the founding fathers of that movement and uh, I ran the South Australian chapter of Youth Alive. And so uh, then in 1994, uh, the church I was in, I was happy, loving God, serving the church. There was a distinct sense that there was more coming. And the senior pastor that was my spiritual father said, you need to go to the south of Adelaide and take over a small group of people that are needing a pastor for a while. Just go for th- three months and then come back and see what happens. And I never came back. Yeah. And uh, Edge, Edge Church was birthed at that time through our ministry, which grew to several thousands of people. We don't know how that happened. It just happened. Uh, but through that, I had to learn leadership. Uh, I was always a pastor. I loved people. I still love people very much. You can't lead what you don't love. Mm. And um, really loved people, loved God. But had to learn leadership at one stage. We had over 90 staff with two childcare centres. So we had to learn the dynamics of dealing with people. So I had to learn leadership and uh, was there 21, just over 21 years. But along that journey, we went through some big challenges, you know, uh, which we can talk about later. But in 2016, our eldest son was killed by a lightning strike. The next couple of years, I had a cancer journey. Uh, before that, our other son, through mental illness and all kinds of emotional depression and all kinds of challenges mentally, uh, hit the wall. That became an international story of um, believing he had cancer when he didn't. And uh, people got behind him and prayed for him. And we were all broken over the potential loss of our son to only find out later that it wasn't a physical condition. It was an emotional and mental story. So I went as a father from thinking I'm going to lose a son, mm. uh, planning a funeral, and he was well-known around the world. So we were planning memorial services across the country, celebrated in many states, to finding out later that it wasn't the story. And so... I went from the loss, the potential loss of a son, then the loss because of brokenness and reputation, but still having him alive, to then only a short time later losing our other son, mm. killed by a lightning strike. So if I can say this to whoever's listening, um, I came to faith as a young lad because God was true and because Christ to me became a clear picture that he, that he was who he said he was, he was the truth, and that the resurrection of Christ was the reason I came to, un, to believe the Jesus story. 
I never came to Christ because he was going to fix everything in my life. Yeah. I never came to Christ because life would be rosy. I came to Christ because of my understanding of eternal life. And so today we have a watered-down Christianity or gospel that says everything's going to be good if you become a follower of God or a follower of Christ. I never had that narrative. Yeah. The narrative for me is, is Christ who he said he was? Is he true? And then if he has called me to serve him, he must help me through every challenge life will bring. And so I have found him to give me peace, to be present in my pain, and to not take away my purpose even though I'm in pain. And so to me, the message of hope that I have is that life sucks sometimes <laughs> and life can be pretty rough, but being a follower of God doesn't mean that the pain is removed or life is made better by the circumstances changing. It's just there is an underlying supernatural power that can make you handle every storm, and I know that to be true. 24 blood transfusions in a hospital, being told I might not live the week. My wife called in to talk about life support. And in that moment, tears running down my face because I couldn't describe the peace. I couldn't describe the no fear. I couldn't describe that nurses would come into my hospital room and say to me, what's the presence in this room? Wow. What is it in this room? And I would be praying with nurses in the hospital, talking to specialists and even people that brought in the food and talk to them about eternity and that I was in a good place because I knew what I believed in. And I realised I didn't need a pulpit to continue my purpose. Yeah, I just needed a platform. I just needed a platform. And a platform is not a pulpit. A platform is opportunity. Yes. And so that's a bit of my story. That's a little bit of my journey. I want to take you back to your late teenage years and you obviously had this dual life where you were at school and you had the, the Christianity side yes. of your life, right? And and then non and, and I can relate to it because I I was in that sort of space too. Although, you know, I didn't yeah, I, I had a religiosity, I guess, rather than a, a Christianity or a true faith. Talk through that journey for where you, you know, you had this dual thing going on your world to where you find your true identity and your your true role in life. I think during those times as a young teenager, I've got better terminology for it now, but back then I didn't have the terminology I've got now. So back then I knew there were two Dannys. There was the Danny that had a disposition towards God and really loved him and wanted to follow him. And then there's this other Danny, my twin, my other twin, you know, <laughs> and he just wanted to make the flesh happy. He wanted to satisfy the flesh. And, and I, early in the piece I realised that, the one you feed is the one that will lead. And so I found if I fed myself the wrong stuff, I mean, as a 14-year-old, as a some of the kids I grew up with at church started to give me porno books 
and showing me things that a 14-year-old shouldn't yeah. be exposed to. Mm. So all of a sudden that starts to feed my mind and my emotions. But then I'd go to church and I'd hear the gospel and I'd hear, and I'm a musician, so we would start to sing and, and I could feel God around me and in me. And I'm going, I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. How can I feel this and still be tempted with that? Yeah. And I began to realise early in my teenage years, and this is not a cliche, that I had to decide which one I was going to feed mm. because, you know, the one you feed is the one that leads. And, in fact, I'm preaching this coming Sunday on a happy soul is a happy role. If you've got a happy soul, you'll do your role in life happy because you're fueling your soul with the right stuff. And I think Christians, we forget that Christians become Christians by accepting Christ, but we can still have a very sick soul. Mm. And the soul has to be renewed and, 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 and changed. And, and so what I did, which changed my life, it's been 40-something years, is I started to journal as a young man with the Bible. Wow. What I would do is I'd read my Bible every day and then I would write down any thought that would come to me that could be helpful to me. Mm. I do all my preaching from that today. All my preaching comes from my journaling. I journal every day of my life and I've done it for 40 years because I'm feeding the wrong Danny the right stuff. So as a 19-year-old, I started a journey of feeding myself the right stuff. And as today, I can be a testimony to that and yeah. say it works. It really works. <laughs> Danny, obviously growing up uh, and, and going through the 70s, getting married, raising two kids, always presents challenges. What were the sort of challenges you had going through that a change in your life and, and, you know, with the faith and so forth and, and challenges you found and how you overcame them. One of the things I'd like to share with you guys is that I am Italian in everything about me. It's like I, I left home when I was 16. I got married at 17. So I, uh, it was a crazy story. But um, I lived away from my family more than I ever lived with them and yet the culture I was raised in was in me. So I had this big problem. I married an Australian lady who did not have that culture. So you've got an Italian culture, an Aussie culture, but then you've got a church culture because my parents were very strict, very Old Testament in many ways and didn't fully understand God's grace and love. So my parents rejected my form of Christianity. So I, I left, my dad was a pastor and I left his church at the age of 16. So I was rejected by the religious culture. I was rejected by the Italian culture and I couldn't relate to the Aussie culture. So what that did to me is it confused me about right and wrong in how to run a family, how to raise children. So I think as a parent or as parents, we meant to know the balance of nurture and nudge. You've got to nudge your children sometimes to push them forward, but you've got to nurture them. And for me, because of my background as a child, I was all nudge, no nurture. And my wife was all nurture. So we clashed in our marriage. I clashed with my parents. My sons grew their hair long and my father thought they were drug addicts, <laughs> right, because of their outer image. Yeah. So 
everywhere I turned, I was upsetting someone. What was in me that came out that was very ugly was a bad temper. I had an incredibly bad temper because I felt trapped. Mm. So I would lash out. I would discipline my kids with anger. Uh, and this has all been restored and apologised and my kids love me to bits and we've got three kids, two boys and a girl. And uh, my daughter's 38 and not married, but she's always over here and we, we've got a beautiful relationship. So, But I had to get to a point where I had to realise my brokenness. I love Jesus. There was this burning rage inside of me that I couldn't manage. And so, again, through journaling, prayer, counselling, talking to the right people, being open with my brokenness. Can I just divert and say this to the listeners today? Um, when I came out of surgery not that long ago, I was in intensive care, and the thought came as soon as I came out of surgery that God has no grace for carnality, but he has amazing grace for broken humanity. And what I mean by that is when you let your flesh control you and you say to God, I can do this on my own, there's no grace for that. Can't help you. But when you come to God and go, I'm a mess, I'm broken, but I'm open, at that point the miracle can begin. And I, as a young father, made so many mistakes, and yet my son now calls me his hero. He rings me every day and says, Dad, I, would, I wouldn't be able to do this without you in my life. Um, God restores all the brokenness in our life if we're open with our brokenness. I was a terrible parent, but I think I'm pretty good now because <laughs> I'm open with my brokenness. <laughs> For more information, go to MomentumAustralia.org. You can also access a whole range of resources to help you on your journey and to get in touch with the team at MomentumAustralia.org.